six sides of school I fatted no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody, it's Shane here from UK Hockey Fam, back with another podcast. Finn's here. Hi guys. And uh, first of all, let's start by uh, apologizing for not having a Sunday show out this week. Two things sort of conspired against us. The first one is I've been sick as a dog with a cold, and also Finn's on holiday. And um, so it's messed up our whole schedule. We're going to go for it tonight. It's a weird night. What night is it? Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday night. So Tuesday night, but we're going to try and do our normal Sunday night podcast. So we'll have Cliffy's notes on tonight as well. So we'll get uh, Scott and Cliff on the phone in a few minutes. And um, we got, but we do have quite a few things to talk about. What, what are, what's on the list? Well, we have a few games to talk about that have happened in the recent week. Um, are we going to look through at, at some uh, Leafs trade, trade aways uh, that could possibly happen? Uh, the rivalry series. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. So the U.S. versus Canada women's uh, rivalry series. Yeah, I want to I wanna dig into that a bit. Yeah, and then um, a Don Cherry um, quote. For week. Okay, cool. And uh, Scott will be here with a EIHL roundup. And yep. um, there's a couple other bits and pieces that we'll probably get into as well. Uh, but I wanted to start off with something that um, I was thinking about when I was at your game the other day. By the way, Finn's game was an excellent result. You guys won 10-2, I think, on uh, the weekend. Yeah. And you potted a pair and uh, had a third goal disallowed. Yeah. So almost a hattie. Nice one. Uh, Oxford Stars here in the UK. Um, but while I was sitting there I- at the rink and I was doing the announcer duty for that particular game, and I was thinking, hang on. When they, when they hand in a new puck here, that puck isn't necessarily frozen. So when you, um, I think everybody who knows hockey re- knows that the puck has to be frozen or it bounces like, almost like a rubber ball. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah, I, I remember you talking uh, to me about that when we went to watch uh, a hockey game ourselves uh, when we went to watch... Uh, local team. And so, uh, I mean, I I play beer league and whatnot. Nobody ever freezes a puck there. But actually, um, in order for a puck, a uh, proper vulcanized rubber puck, to perform at its best, it actually needs to be frozen um, so that when it contacts with the ice, it's like two frozen things hitting one another, and therefore there's like no bounce, or it massively reduces the bounce. And uh, so... I remember playing, when I was playing more competitive hockey, uh, certainly back in Canada, uh, they used to keep a bucket of ice full of pucks in the penalty box. And when one of the um, pucks went over the glass or whatever, they'd bring out one that was out of the penalty, or sorry, out of the uh, bucket of ice because they were frozen. Yeah. And so I don't ever really see that happening. Like, so we've been to quite a few um, pro and semi-pro games here. And I don't really know where they're getting the pucks from, but my suspicions are that a load of them are not actually kept at freezing temperature or below freezing. So anyway, I looked this up because I know they still do for sure in the NHL. And so um, according to uh, the information that I discovered here, pucks are stored ideally between uh, minus 10 up to minus 7 degrees Celsius. So actually well below freezing. Uh, to keep them from being too uh, bouncy, they're made. Those pucks are made, of course, of vulcanized rubber, and that means that they uh, can be pretty bouncy if they're not frozen. 
And so um, a lot of pro teams, and I imagine probably most pro NHL teams, have yeah. the same uh, method about um, ensuring that they have enough frozen pucks for a game. Because uh, how many pucks go over the glass in a game? Uh, in, an, in an NHL game, probably up to five pucks, I'd say. <laughs> up it, to five. I would say it could be up to 50. Who knows, right? Like, there could be any number of pucks that go over. The, uh, but the, pro the point of it is, is that nobody knows, right? It could be a night when two pucks go over. It could be a night when they lose 10, 15 pucks over. They have no idea. Yeah. Now, this also relates back to the stats I've got here clearly re relate back to a time when there wasn't the mesh that went above the glass. So um, it used to be that there was just the top of the, the, top of the plexiglass or uh, perspex here if you're in, in the UK. Uh, and that was it. So pucks went over there all the time. But now, um, I think in most, certainly most pro setups, there's a mesh that goes from the top of the glass uh, high up, and uh, pucks, therefore, don't, uh, or it's a less chance of it going over. So it usually comes off around the uh, team bench or on the other side where the penalty box is and that sort of thing. So according to this, they, they, a team has a freezer in like its dressing room or its training room or whatever else, and in that uh, freezer they kept up to 80 80 frozen pucks at any one time and they would take at the beginning of the game they would take 15 of those frozen pucks and put them into a smaller freezer so this obviously is after uh, they used to have them in buckets of ice put them in a smaller freezer in the penalty box 15 uh, frozen pucks in a freezer ready to go should they need another one and that that 15 is topped up basically every period so if there's three pucks that go off this period somebody brings three more from the from the big freezer and puts them in the small freezer oh okay yeah that that does make sense and so that means that guarantees a fresh supply of totally frozen pucks all the time and you wouldn't you, you definitely wouldn't run out and especially if it got down to like there were two pucks left or something you can be sure somebody'd be running back to the uh training room or wherever the freezer is to get a whole load more yeah um so um that it's those little things that can make a huge difference to the game and so when you're watching a game and your favorite team is playing and uh, somebody fans on the shot it's quite often if you look close it's not that they've fanned on the shot it's that the puck's taken an awful uh, you know odd bounce um, or same with the pass. The pass doesn't, you know, it looks tape to tape, but the pass somehow doesn't end um, on a stick. And these guys are obviously pretty adept at take, uh, um, making and receiving passes. Sometimes that puck will just take an odd bounce. And, um, and so having a puck being totally frozen, below freezing, uh, meet the ice is, uh, is important. And, um, and it, to, to me, I wonder how often or at what level and in, you know, what locations where they don't even bother with the freezing puck at all. Yeah. And so a room temperature puck that uh, drops on ice, ice is super hard, uh, is actually going to be much more prone to bouncing than if it was just like, uh, you know, dropped on concrete or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that does make sense. So um, I was going to say, going to the, the NHL thing, I was, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that they probably change change pucks without it even going over the uh, glass or whatever, coming back to your point, probably e uh, either every time they have a commercial break or every other time. Because that would make sense that when the players are kind of re uh, recouping or whatever and you've got the commercial breaks, that the refs would go and just change the puck just so that they know they've got another hard puck. That's a really, really good point. I hadn't even thought about that. So 
there must be times. So if you've got a puck that's at minus 10 sitting in a freezer, minus 10 Celsius, which is cold. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's colder than a freezer in your house. Because I think our freezer is set to like minus 8. Yeah. Or something like that. Anyway, if it's at minus 10 and you take it out of the freezer, it's not going to stay at minus 10 very long. So it won't take much gameplay before that thing's creeping back up to around zero again, which means it's not frozen anymore. So I wonder, uh, I'll have to look into that. I wonder if they use every opportunity they possibly can to swap in a frozen, properly frozen pack. Yeah, because Commercial Breaks, has, uh, I, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if you've, you've ever noticed in the game, but they're all, uh, they're all probably around seven to eight, uh, every seven to eight minutes, meaning that after seven to eight minutes of play, there's most, li most likely that puck uh, will have been hit so hard that it's starting to get bouncier again, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's, it's starting to lose its hardness. Um, or, yeah, as you said, just after gameplay, it'll just, uh, it'll just start to get, it'll just start to warm up again, which would make sense, uh, because nowadays you don't see pucks take super crazy bounces when the, you just start a game, or you just start after a commercial break, which would make sense. Yeah. Whereas, if you look... Uh, like the play just before a commercial break, that's when the odd bounces can take place, and especially the fluke fluke goals that you've seen in the last couple of years, where it hits like uh, the little uh, yellow thing uh, on the at the bottom of the boards, and then it comes over the net and hits the goalie and goes in. That can only that happened in, in our game at the very end of our game on Sunday, where uh, one of our guys literally took a slap shot from the blue line, it hit that yellow uh, the yellow bit. And flicked over the goal, into the front of the goal. Oh, you mean from behind? It, 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 it went from behind. It went, it went in from front. behind in front of the goalie. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so let's stop talking about that because that's starting to get boring. But, yeah. But the last thing I will say on it is, is that remember for all those beer leaguers out there who are spending, you know, two hundred bucks on the on the best imaginable stick and whatnot, and you know I'm guilty as charged. I I use awesome sticks too, but you're basically playing with a tennis ball. If it's not actually that, if that puck isn't frozen, so you know it's a it's a leveler for sure. Anyway, enough about ta uh, talking about frozen pucks. Let's move on to talking about. Um, should we talk about the rivalry series? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, I know you know uh, the scores and stuff about that. So, well, tell us the setup. So, what is the rivalry series? So, I'm pretty sure the rivalry series is uh, it's, it's a three game best of three series. Three nights in a row. It w I, w I don't think it was. Was it in the end? I think uh, it was every other night. Was it? Yeah, because three cause out of four cause we did a podcast on it, and they just played a game that night. Yeah. So uh, that when we lasted our podcast, and um, and then it ended on Sunday night, I think. Okay. All right. Cause so pretty compressed. So so three games in the span of a of a few days, anyway, within the side of one week. And I'm pretty sure it was uh Budweiser Gardens in London, uh, with London Knights play, um, and. It's between Canada and the USA. Yeah, so they're um, they're basically their top team. So their senior women's, um, all their stars, uh, US and Canada, uh, squaring off. <coughs> so all those awesome uh, stars that were um, in the All Star game were there, uh, plus oh, and their teams. So um, Decker was there, and and um, uh, Kendall Coyne and those people were all playing. 
So it would have been awesome. I wish, you know, just another hockey game that we missed out on um, from being over here and we couldn't really get a feed on it either. But a huge rivalry and definitely riding off the momentum of uh, those guys participating in the All-Star game. People were like paying attention and social media was really full, uh, delightfully so, of um, coverage about those games. So uh, I think at the time that we last podcasted, the ca- Canadians had lost the first game to the Americans 1-0. Is that right? Yes, and I'm pretty sure Hillary Knight scored that goal. Absolutely right. And because we called that, our, we called our last podcast Knight Rider um, it, as a tribute to Hillary Knight, who scored the one and only goal in that game. And um, I remember talking about how it must have been one hell of a game. To uh, It's not many hockey games that end up 1-0. Yeah, it's definitely probably a, uh, well, definitely a tight game. Yeah, um, for sure. Disappointing for the Canadians, though, especially on home soil. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that was a that was probably a tough loss for the Canadians. But then, obviously, as we talk talk about this a bit more, they uh, bounced back. Yeah. So uh, that was the end of game two, and that happened just when we put out our last podcast Wednesday last Wednesday. Yep. And uh, so game two on a game two. Uh, so I actually don't know the score for this game. I know I know Canada won. Did you find the scores? Uh, the score was a seventy-two to eight. <laughs> really? Right. Need me to look this up. Uh, uh, so, well, let's jump to the um, yeah, yeah, let's jump to the third game. Do you know the score of the third game? Have you got that score? Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you showed me the score. Wasn't it two two one or something? Uh, I think it was two one Canada. So Canada won both the next two games. They yep. won. They won. Um, Game, uh, game two and game three. Um, I'm just bringing up the stat here, and oh man, why isn't it easier to find? Yeah, we talked about this last last podcast. So the opener that uh, so the opener they lost one nil, um, and that was on the Tuesday night, so um, early in the morning on Wednesday for us, uh, and then Canada even the, the three game series out with a four three victory on on Thursday, and that was played in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, it goes on to say that um, they, uh, it says the, the the feed that I'm looking at here says the Americans generated a lot of offense in the finale, especially during the goal mouth scrambles and a 21 shot second period. Uh, and in the final m- minutes, um, Savannah Harmon had a goal for the Americans negated, uh, so uh, denied for a crease violation uh, early in the third. Um, so that's the first two games, and then uh, I'm looking for the fourth game here. And there's only three games, man. Oh, sorry. What, three, what, three what did series. I say was the second? What did I say that was the second score? I didn't get the second score or, or the third. You no, you said the second score was four to three. Right, and I can't Canada. find the third. But we won. <laughs> Canada <laughs> Wait, won. This. Um, listen. Let's uh, so uh, ending on the uh, the business about this rivalry series. Canada wins it. Uh, they won game two and game three, and uh, we're still trying to find the feed over here. But uh, th- I think this brings up that point again of of how desperately difficult it is to just even see these games, let alone find out the scores. And it's just not right. W- you know, we want more coverage of women's hockey because it is awesome. I've 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 got the the score for the last game here. Okay, blast it out. So Canada beat uh, America two nil with goals from Brianne Jenner and you want to try and pronounce that? I don't uh, know how to pronounce that see. second one. That one. Oh, Blair Turnbull. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a, a weird spelling of Blair. 
and their their goalie um not um, no, again don't know how to pronounce that name Shannon Zabados I think uh she made 38 saves uh in a shutout uh to the Americans what a way what a sweet way to end it with a uh, a shutout 32 shots that's awesome actually yeah and um I'm looking here as well it also says um so it was in it was in Detroit this uh, this last game yeah and uh, there was a turnout of 9,048 fans. That's poor, actually. It's not not overly We're bad. We're talking the top, top uh, women's hockey players here. So, you know, without being, without sounding funny, most of the best hockey players in the world, uh, women's hockey players in the world, will, will be on one of those two teams. And so you've got them all under one roof. Uh, I think attendance at Budweiser Gardens, and I know you're talking, you're saying that last game was at Detroit, but at Budweiser Gardens, attendance for the um, London Knights, just a normal weekly game, normal regular season game, has got to be scraping into around twenty thousand. Oh, okay. So I, I was I was gonna say nine thousand. Nine thousand seemed pretty good to be honest. For like, but then again, it is. It it is in Detroit, and Detroit. Uh, I'm not sure how big Detroit is on women's hockey. Uh, I'm telling you now that um, if it was a men's U.S. men's versus U.A. Uh, U, uh, what am I saying? U.S. men versus uh, ca- uh, Canada men's team uh, held in Detroit, London, or Toronto, they would sell out the likes of Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess. Um, as I said, I don't know how big Detroit is on the whole women's hockey thing, but um, my point there was that, like, uh, I'm I'm gonna guess that the whole nine thousand and forty-eight people attending the game, that's got to be. I'm I'm gonna say that's probably boosted uh, to what it uh to what it could have been without the whole uh, NHL All Star thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, so while I'm saying all this, I'm looking. I'm googling it, and uh, the capacity of Budweiser Gardens. Is only nine thousand one hundred, but the first Ontario Centre and Sasktel Centre, um, you know, places like that, you're talking seventeen thousand, fifteen thousand, nineteen thousand. So um, okay, I uh, I take it back. Whatever venue that they're in, and I don't know, uh, they may have probably filled that filled that up. So it's definitely on the up. Anyway, what else we got? Um, we have some. Uh, we have s- y- you want to talk about some trade stuff before we uh, uh, talk to Cliffy? Uh, or just yeah, say yeah. No, no, no. Let's. Uh, uh, what time are we at? What time is it? Uh, we have ten minutes. Okay. No. Yeah. Let's talk about some trade stuff first. We'll, we'll get Cliffy on in ten minutes. So I know we usually end up talking about trades uh, that the Leafs could acquire, but today I thought we'd switch it up a bit and we talk about some people um, in more depth um, that the Leafs could tr- uh, trade away in order to get some better people. Okay. So. First off here, we have Connor Brown. Uh, he's a defensive forward, $2.1 million contract. Yeah. Uh, potentially a second, uh, third line forward. And he's got he's really good at the penalty kill, which means that he could he could be one of those uh, people that uh, a team picks up, uh, picks up uh, kind of cheap if they're going on a playoff run. Yeah. So, like, you got the likes, likes of uh, Nashville or Tampa Bay or um, Pitts, may, maybe even Pittsburgh. Who just need to pick up that one guy that they can put on the penalty kill. They can play s- third line, second line minutes, um, make and he can be that kind of 
forward that's just slightly further back than all the other guys still producing. Yep. But uh always on that uh but always on the back check and really good in uh in his defensive zone. And uh at two mil, not a big hit on the cap space. Yeah, for a team for a team like Tampa big value. Yeah, but for but for a team like Tampa Bay, mm. who have the guys like Nikis Kucherov, um Victor Hedman, Steven Stamkos, Andre Vasilevsky, um, they actually they huge salaries there. They're actually not that big. Cooch Cooch is, is less than Matthews. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, Matthews is expensive, right? Yeah, but Kucherov at the moment is better than Matthews, and um, but my my stats point wise, you're saying stat his stats are better. Yeah, but my point is, um, what they, the Kucherov's salary could be as good or even better than Matthews' contract. Yeah, with the skill that he has right now, so in that way that they've kind of got a steal in his contract. I know Stamkos isn't hasn't got that big of a contract either. So for a team, um, what I'm saying is a team like Tampa Bay who has kind of cap, he still has that cap space, even with those amazing players. Mm. Connor Brown would be a pretty good pickup. And then we could get, uh, from them, we could get someone like uh, uh, Ryan McDonough, really good defenseman. Uh, Tampa Bay acquired them from New York. He was a former captain of the New York Rangers. Uh, He would be a good guy to pick up uh, in exchange for Connor Brown. What sort of money would he be making though? I Any idea? It's got to be more than two million. It's got to be more than two mil. But if, uh, as I said, if if Tampa Bay thinks thinks they can win the cup this year, yeah. If you you're, if we can get them on the cheap, if you're a team, yeah, if you're a team that that thinks they're going to win the cup this year, they need one guy. They can lose one defenseman, but they need that one fo- uh, one defensive forward that can uh, yeah, really help with difference. the penalty kill. Yeah, okay, that right. could be a pickup yeah, for I them. See where, I see where you're coming from on that. Right. Who else are you are you looking to get rid of with your nasty fin axe? This is this isn't me. This is actually an article I read earlier. Okay, <laughs> okay. I was uh, I I couldn't f- uh, not not much has not much has happened this week. So you I were doing a bit of digging around. Yeah, I went I went I finally went from Instagram to Twitter to find some articles. You finally went from Instagram to Twitter. Yeah. All oh, right. Been been looking at Twitter today. Yeah, you're not much of a Twitter guy. No, I only I only look up stuff like the whole day that I was sitting waiting for Neil to sign. That that day I was always on Twitter. Oh, yeah, I know that was. Horrendous. Depressing. Okay. Um, so, what do you got? Who, who else? Were they next up, about we that? have Andreas Jonsson. I know he's on that oh hot, yeah. stri- hot streak recently. Yeah, we were just talking about how awesome he is. You know, you're looking to get rid of him. I'm not looking to get rid of him. This well, is this you're is talking a about it. You're the one talking about it. Well, what what I'm saying now is that Kasperi Kapanen, uh, the Leafs look like they're gonna sign him because they're talking. They've recently been talking to his camp, uh, which is one thing I was going to bring up. Uh, they uh, Dubas has been meeting with his uh, with his camp and his agent. Yeah. To uh, potentially sign him, which means that we're gonna l- we'll lock up him, which means which leaves a place for Andreas Janssen, and okay. um, if they don't end up signing him, he's gonna go to free agency. Right. Making uh, and when teams uh, team lots of teams are gonna want him, right? He's a young guy, putting up points. If he's gonna be sought after by other teams, he's gonna want a bigger price. Yeah. At the free agency, we can either sign him quick now yeah. before he realizes teams are going to really, really want him, yeah. making him worth more. But isn't that the whole thing about offer sheet? Aren't we going to get? Isn't he going to get offer sheeted or whatever? If, if he's going to be a UFA, he, if he makes it to free agency, yeah. Okay. But so, but what I'm saying is, the so you, we got to do that before he gets offer sheeted. Yeah. The option is wh- while we have him now, while we have him locked in, if we extend his contract now then we keep him and that's good. Okay. But if we don't want to, if we can't extend and we don't have the money, yeah, 
because you got to sign a guy like Mitch Marner and you want to keep a guy like Jake Gardner. Right, right, okay. If you want to, if you want to keep, if you want to keep the other guys, then you may as well get rid of this guy before he starts making the huge money and you get something back for it at least. Okay, all right. Uh, um, but Andreas Janssen, so going into depth a bit, uh, so he's an elite offensive forward. Yeah, he certainly is. Currently making 750k on an entry level deal, uh, which is coming to an end at the end of the season. And he is a super fast winger. Yeah, he is. He is so quick. He can literally, if if there's a neutral zone turnover, you get it to uh, Andreas Janssen on the other wing to the weather side, uh, to weather players. Then so he is gone. So I'm just thinking again, because he's awesome. If he's on his entry level contract still, there's no way we're going to be able to sign him. There's no way. It, dep- it, it, it depends. Whatever Kasperi Kapanen gets, he's going to want that. At least that, if not more. Right, but you know we've we are struggling with cap issues already. Yeah, with this guy and um Jake Gardner's. Well, I mean the, uh, the whole across the whole salary package. If you look at everybody, there's no space. Yeah, and uh, I I forgot to bring this up as well. Jake Gardner, uh, his contract is uh, up at the end of the year as well, mm-hmm. and he's also an unrestricted free agent, meaning any team can offer him. Yeah, so he's going, isn't he? Isn't that the prediction around various people? I think. Angle was talking about he thinks he'll go um, you know I think a lot of people think he's this is it for Gardner this year I mean I mean if we win the cup it'll be a totally different th- situation but a lot of this stuff has to be sorted out before then yeah I mean with with Gardner um, as 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 any P, as any of these uh, these guys are talking about that uh, are going to have their contracts up at the end of the season mm. You get him. You get him up now before he gets offshooted by other teams who want to pay him loads of money. Because then his then his expectation from the lease will be at least at least match their offer or get more to try and like to make him seem important. Yeah. And um, or you want to trade him because he'll be a big asset to a, to another team, and uh, potentially get something big back as well. Yeah. Um, okay. We weren't talking about Gardner though. Who were you going on? Did you have someone else on your list? Last guy, and I know this really is going to... We really don't want this guy to go, and that is Nazem I don't want Kadri. any of the guys to go that you just talked about, but anyway. Especially this guy, uh, Nazem Kadri. Yeah, we have talked about this before. Um, and again, I mentioned that uh, James Foley, uh, the guy who runs the uh, Leafs Nation huge um, Facebook group, we were discussing this on uh, Facebook recently about how you know, I'm a big Naz fan, and I think he's just such an awesome player huge character he's just a good all-round player uh and he's you know he's gotten totally respectable um points at the moment uh for a third liner um but the problem is obviously he's for somebody else he's not a third liner yeah but he is making a lot of money on the leafs being a third liner yeah this this is what i'm i'm gonna go into depth a bit about this now so as we're saying Potential to be a fir- at least a like well sorry, potential to be first line center on quite a few teams. Absolutely. Um, he's a big point producer as we see in the last couple of seasons. Uh, scores lots of goals. His contract is four point five million, which is pretty good for him. He's a tough guy. Tough guy as well. Um, and then we and then I've got some stuff down here that uh, potential teams that uh, would that could need him. So he's got 35 points this season, yeah, which isn't as good as last season. But he's been on the third line and on our, on, our, on the Leafs. Um, but he could go to a team like uh, Anaheim, 
uh, to replace a guy like uh, Ryan Getzlaff because, uh, well, Getzlaff is getting old. He's not as good as he used to be. Yeah, okay. The Ducks are really struggling, and if they want to start a rebuild, yeah, a guy like Kadri uh, with this $4.5 million deal. They could build a team around him. They could certainly build a line around him. Exactly, and that would uh, that would boost boost them a bit, especially seeing as they're super down yeah. at the bottom of the standings. Uh, I can't imagine Naz playing for the Ducks, but you know that you're right. That's a possibility. Something like that. I can imagine that scenario. Um, but uh, one of the more likely ones, especially for the Leafs in this situation, if this if this trade would happen, um, Carolina. Yeah. And that the, we could get Dougie Hamilton back from a guy like uh, <laughs> from a guy like Kadri. Uh, Man, you want Dougie Hamilton. I actually want him to. <laughs> I want him to <laughs> on our team so badly. Wow. Okay. Um, you, you find a way to bring him up almost every episode, Dougie. If you're listening, just Finn's desperate for you to come and play just, for just, the Leafs. Just come and play for the Leafs, please, man. so he can stop talking about. Yeah. Um, but Carolina, because their best center has 67 points. Yeah. Um, but their second best has only 21. <coughs> okay. So if you, uh, I know, I know, I know he'll be on here. Yeah, I know he'll be on the second line. Yeah. But he's used to being being this on the second line with uh with Matthews is on the first line. Right. And remember how good he played last season with being on the second line. Yeah. If he I, I was looking at the wingers like I could I'll uh, I don't I can't remember all their points, but they're all doing really well in the points as well. Right. So if you put uh I got like Kadri in, in between uh two guys with like fifty plus points. Yeah. On on the wing. Yeah. Then that could be really good for Carolina, especially if they're going to try and make a push into the playoffs. Yep. And we would get, we'd get Dougie Hamilton. We would get Dougie Hamilton. All Meaning right. that we'll win the playoffs. Woohoo! Okay, cool. Well, let's dump all those guys to get your Dougie Hamilton then. Yeah, just just, just get rid of everyone. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to stay that uh, would, li- would like Dougie, oh, Dougie that's Hamilton. It's interesting. It's good to look at some of those scenarios for sure because, of course, inevitably there's going to be some players move about. So it's interesting to try and predict who those might be. And uh, think of who we could get for them and uh, what we could do with them. So, no, that's really interesting. Is that the end of your list? That's the end of my list for so far, but we can also we, we can always update it if anything else comes out well, about it. We'll, we'll talk about it every time if we find any more. But listen, we should get Scott, uh, we should get Scott Ancliffe on the, on the phone. Should we get Cliffy on? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Cliffy's Notes. Hey, Scott, we've got Scott Ancliffe on. It's Cliffy's Notes. Scott, you there? I am indeed. Good evening, guys. Hey, good to, good to have you back on. Um, sorry, we're a bit of a bit delayed. We explained to uh, listeners earlier that uh, I've been ill and it's uh, half term break for lots of people and that sort of thing. So we're coming on a bit l- uh, later in the week than our normal Sunday show. But it's great that you were able to come on again. Uh, we love having you on the show. Um, no, it's it's my pleasure, guys. And um, you know, I always look forward to coming on. So thank you uh, as always for inviting me on. Awesome. Well, so we've been talking uh, a bit about uh, some of the stuff we've been talking about so far. I was talking about, uh, believe it or not, I was talking about frozen pucks and the temperature that pucks have to be uh, to be um, bounce free on the ice. We talked a little bit about some uh, trade speculation with Leafs and things like that. But what we wanted to uh, hear from you first off was just a bit of a roundup about the Elite League here in the UK and what's happening. We uh, we do love checking in with you on that every, um, every week. Any news there? 
Yeah, so, uh, well, the latest weekend of uh, fixtures have, have taken place and um, it's been been some mixed results for uh, for all the teams in the league. So I'll go over the Saturday's results and then uh, the Sunday's results and then we'll do a little bit of analysis of a couple of games. But cool. on Saturday, Belfast beat the uh, Glasgow clan 4-1. So Belfast, obviously, in the title hunt, they're second in the league. Um, Cardiff beat MK 6-5, so a high-scoring game. Fife uh, lost to Coventry 7-4, but Coventry were 3-1 down and ended up winning 7-4, so a bit of a barn burner uh, up in Fife. Wow. And then Manchester lost 6-1 to Guildford at home, and then that caused head coach Ryan Finnity, who used to be the coach of the Steelers um, a while ago, actually, as well, caused him to uh, do a post-game press conference, what garnered quite a bit of interest when he basically said it was the most embarrassing uh, moment of him being a coach. Uh, he basically, yeah, he, he berated the players and um, kind of said he apologised for the fans and, and said, you know, anyone who had to watch that, I apologise. And um, Wow. Yeah. And then, so so that, this reminds, sorry to cut in, Scott, but this reminds right. me of, so, so Steelers' own coach, wasn't it? At the, so Steelers have recently changed coaches as well, haven't they? Yes, so uh, Steelers um, started the season with Paul Thompson. And Paul Thompson, didn't, didn't he, he had a, uh, I remember watching a, a, a press conference, a post-game press thing with him, and, and he did the same thing. Totally, like, uh, essentially, no filter exploded at the team and whatnot. And I think he was gone pretty quickly after that. Yeah, I, I think at that point he kind of already lost the dressing room. So I think he realized... It was uh, only a matter of time before his number was up um, for Paul Thompson because the fans had kind of got on his back. Uh, the players, you could tell the players weren't playing for him anymore. And yeah. when you lose the locker room, when that's, you lose the guys, that's then it. you know that's that's game over, isn't it? Yeah. And so, so is, that, um, is is there a you know a parallel situation happening? Was it Manchester's coach that you said was the one? Yeah, Manchester in a bit of a tough, uh, having a tough time at the minute. They've lost the last five games in a row, so they're currently languishing in, in 10th out of 11 teams in the league. Um, but it, they won't finish um, dead bottom because uh, Milton Keynes currently occupy that spot uh, with 28 points and Manchester in 10th with 45 points from 48 games. So they're still in the race to get into the playoffs because it's pretty close. There's only four points separate teams from uh, 7th to 10th. Um, and the top eight teams go into the playoffs. Um, how, how many? So they've still got a bit to play for. How many regular season games are there, Scott? Uh, there are. Ooh, good question. <laughs> I mean, approximately. So I don't know. I don't know exactly with the NHL, but I know it's approximately eighty. Yeah, it's not as many as that. It's about about sixty regular season games. So, so but then on on top of that, you have things like uh, the Challenge Cup. Yeah. You have the playoffs. So yeah, it yeah. could probably amass a similar total. All in all, probably about 75, 80, 80 games overall. But in the league, it's around sixty. So if you're in a if you're in a league that has sixty games in the regular season, a five game losing streak is a is a chunk, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's it's definitely a significant amount. And um, the thing is with Manchester, they they fire hot and cold so much in terms of consistency. They've got a, a good stud of a netminder in Matt Ginn, who's a young uh, netminder who's who's garnered quite a bit of interest um, from other teams um, in Europe already and um, and they've got a lot of experienced players in terms of um, a guy called Dane Byers who's the captain um, they've got a good crop of British players Kieran Long who's one of the top British point scorers in the league yeah. but they just seem to can't really seem to string 
um, a run together. So they're very inconsistent, very Jekyll and Hyde in terms of um, consistency, really. And then the biggest game on Saturday um, was Nottingham Panthers against the Sheffield Steelers. Yeah. So local rivalry there. Yeah. And the Sheffield Steelers came away with a 5-2 win, so uh, which was good. That's fantastic. And, and yeah, we've certainly had Nottingham's number all season where uh, we've played them eight times and we've won uh, six times. So, uh, yeah, it's well, a, a good record against them. Awesome. Awesome. And, and did you... Uh, well, so it could have gone either way then, or would, or did you go into that game uh, expected to win? Um, it's a tough one because Steelers as well recently haven't had the greatest to form. They you know, can't seem to string many wins together, and, and consistency-wise, the Steelers have been a little up and down. But we knew we'd kind of had Nottingham's number all year, and so I was feeling fairly confident, particularly after recent performances, which were quite encouraging, um, and a few wins... Uh, recently against Guildford and um, Coventry. So I was fairly optimistic going into the game, but to come away with a 5-2 win, I was expecting it to be a little bit closer, um, but you know, definitely still happy with the result. But unfortunately, Steelers couldn't build on it, and they lost 2-1 to Coventry in a shootout on, on Sunday. No way. Um, yeah, so that was a, a tough loss. Um, I mean, Coventry, they're in a, a bit of a dogfight with us, for the playoff spots at the minute as well. So yeah. they're currently in ninth. The Steelers are in sixth at the minute, but there's only um, four points separate Sheffield and Coventry. Um, like I say, Sheffield are in sixth, Coventry are in ninth. So it's a bit of a you know, a, a dogfight at the bottom of the table for yeah. that eighth uh, place and to, um, to get into the, the playoffs, essentially. That makes for interesting hockey for those few teams scrapping it out in that place, though. Mm, absolutely, and um, there's a big fixture coming up this weekend, a uh, double header in Belfast against uh, Cardiff, so the top two teams in the league going at it, so that could really swing uh, which way the league title goes, If uh, particularly if Belfast get a couple of wins, then it's game on, really. Yeah, <clears throat> good weekend to jump on a plane and blast up to Belfast, but I'll bet you couldn't even oh. get a ticket up there now. No, I, th I think that one will be uh, pretty close to, to a sellout, but there's always the webcast available for anyone who's interested, so it might be an option, and I might opt to uh, to watch that game on, on the Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd like to tune in as well. We wanted to watch the um, Steelers game, which I think uh, was on Sunday around 5.30, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. They played, um, oh, as in the game this Sunday? Well, or the, one Sunday just, just gone? the one that was just gone. Was it was it a Steelers game at 5.30 this past Sunday or something like that? Yeah, it was against Coventry away. That, that was that's the 2 the shootout loss. Yeah, yeah. Well, we wanted to watch that. And also, uh, annoyingly, it was one of the only times the whole year the, uh, for any team that there was an NHL game. Uh, I think there was a Penguins game that faced off at 5.30 UK time. Oh, uh, wow. But, of course, Finn's team also faced off at 5.30 uh, UK time. <laughs> so we were down in the Oxford rink rather than taking in any of that great hockey. But, hey, uh, that's the way it goes. Um, that's a shame. The sacrifices you, uh, you guys make to your children, eh? <laughs> well, that's it. It's the, the love of the game for sure. Um, so lots happening in the uh, in the elite league. Then uh, it sounds really um, interesting this year, and we are trying to follow a bit more, um, getting to know you and hearing hearing the scores and things like that every week have really helped us draw into the game. So uh, that's really brilliant, and hopefully there'll be other people listening out there who um, you know aren't 
that connected uh, or engaged with the uh, UK hockey and uh, who might, you know, check it out, especially anybody listening from North America, you can get these webcasts pretty much from anywhere. Uh, I don't think that there's the sort of, you know, block out, uh, blackout issues that there would be for like NHL games and that sort of thing. Basically, if you can get the web link and you pay a few mm. bucks, I think you can watch it from anywhere. Yeah, there's only two teams in the league who don't offer a webcast at the minute. And um, that is Glasgow and um, Guildford. So they're the only two teams that don't offer that facility. But all the others do, um, except for Nottingham. But Nottingham are owned by the same owner who owns Glasgow, um, Neil Black. Uh, But he has said, um, particularly with regards to Nottingham, if uh, the games are sold out in Nottingham, he'll put on a free YouTube stream. Basically, his, his thoughts of it are... If anyone can come to a game, then if they watch a webcast, then that's going to directly affect the income or potential income um, from match night revenue. So he'd rather people come to a game live and um, rather than sort of sit at home and watch it. And so um, so that's his view on it, even though most teams have seen the merit of the webcast, particularly for those traveling fans um and you know the service and how good that service is yeah what neil black the owner of, of glasgow and um nottingham's kind of sat on the fence at the minute i believe and uh, you know he might change his view in the future but it's, it's that's an interesting point actually because um obviously the whole thing behind the um you know nhl blackout was that was exactly that which is if there's a chance w- that you can physically come to the game, we can sell you a ticket. We want to block it out for uh, black it out from you being able to watch it on the TV. Obviously, that was the original um, idea behind it. So, but nowadays, I mean, you can subscribe to NHL TV or whatever, and I think that that's you know wherever you are, it's ten or ten or fifteen dollars or or pounds a month, as opposed to a single ticket to an NHL game, which is you know they started I don't know 150 bucks or something like that. Now yeah. it's different when a webcast is ten bucks. I think it's t- or sorry, ten pounds to watch a webcast. When I looked last, and what? How much is a ticket? How much is a cheap ticket to watch one of these teams play? Um, for for adults, um, you're looking at probably the cheapest one in leagues, probably about fifteen, sixteen pounds, something like that. So that um, so that, so that is, remains a real issue, right? So that guy uh, does have a point. If you um, if you can sit at home and watch it for ten pounds. Or, uh, you know, it's only 15 to go to the game. You are in direct competition, right? The gate is in competition with uh, a webcast. Whereas if the ticket was 150 pounds and the webcast was 10 pounds, there would be no competition at all, you know? Um, so yeah. while the gate is still in competition with the cost of the with the price of the webcast, uh, I mean it's right to be a consideration for a club if that's uh, you know if that's where the a lot of the income is is coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And um, particularly with Nottingham and, and the location of the rink, it's really in the middle of the city centre. So I believe they have a lot of fans who are ju- just walk ups on the evening and people who see it as a, oh, I know, we'll, we'll go there and then maybe go out for a meal after. And so they get a lot of new fans who are just passing by, but they do market the club pretty well in terms of uh, advertising within the city and uh, the outskirts as well. So, um, you know, they have got one of the best attendances in the league, I believe. Um, and, you know, fair play. And, and the owner is a very sort of forward-thinking owner. He's, he's a very, um, he's got a very good business brain on him. And, um, you know, he seems to be doing something right. And, um, yeah, the, the crowds, the attendances are on the up. So, 
um, I, I guess he's got a good point. That's great. I mean, that's that's a good thing. Super. So, um, is there any anything else happening around the uh, elite league in the last week, or is that is that the the roundup there? Because we'll move on to talking uh, about Leafs. Yeah, not not really. It's been fairly quiet, except for a few uh, a few bans. The uh, Department of Player Safety has handed out um, a few bans here and there. There was okay. a, an incident between Fife and Manchester where um, one of the Manchester players, it was the captain who we mentioned earlier, actually, um, Dane Byers, who basically at the end of the game he skated around in the um, the Fife side of the rink where after the game is finished, you go to your team's blue lines and you mm-hmm. do the. Um, Man of the Match awards and, yep. and whatnot, but this Manchester player, he claimed that he, I, I don't know how it went about, but he basically ended up in the five side. Um, a five player took exception, words were exchanged, and then it led to uh, basically a, a bit of a, a melee and a, a brawl. And um, there were um, a six game suspension handed out for um, five player James Isaacs, I believe. Who was involved in the initial confrontation? Dame Byers uh, received, um, I think, three games, and then um, Lyndon Springer, who's uh, one of the enforcers for Manchester, he got involved, and he also received uh, free game suspension, I believe, as well. So, a few bans handed out, and wow. um, certainly uh, sets up a, a, a rivalry between those two teams, um, I guess, for the future. Uh, so this is my my naivety on on this uh, issue. I thought I didn't realize that you could get uh, you know a penalized after uh, the final whistle of the game. Yeah, um, it's, it's not something that happens too often. Um, to be fair, it, it's more. I guess um, there was probably incidents in that game what led to Dame Byers. <laughs> taking a decision to try and antagonize the the five players because um, from all accounts it was quite a, a feisty niggly game yeah um but you don't tend to see too much happen after the final um, buzzer but I, uh, I, you do I, get I, the odd game or two where you know something does happen yeah I, I mean i it'd be interesting to try and figure out uh when you know when the end's the end if you know what I mean, mm. because uh when does it end does it end when they're walking through the tunnel? Does it end when they go into the dressing room? Does it end when they leave the ring, uh, the arena? You know, um, mm. I, I, I don't know what the answer is, but um, usually uh, I thought that the end. It's, I know it's not the end of regulation time if you go into o- overtime, for example, and then if that carries on into uh, a shootout situation, I'm assuming that normal rules still apply as far as you know um, penalties yep. and that sort of thing. But surely there's got to be a stage where it's the end. And maybe in this case, it's because they haven't surrendered the ice yet, or something like that. Yeah, I think that is more more the case. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a very odd odd situation what happened. And I guess fortunately, it doesn't happen too much because it, it does come with a, a little bit of negative publicity when it's not in the I guess the confines and the parameters of, of, the, game. of the game with it being out of the sixty minutes. Yeah. Um, and and the game had already been settled, I guess, in terms of you know on the scoreboard. So it was a you know a strange one to see, really. Yeah, for sure. It just seems. I mean, it seems dirty, right? It seems like they purposely mm. waited till the end, um, so that they you know wouldn't draw a penalty during the game and that sort of thing. But anyway, well, it's a it's a it's a shame. But um, we should jump on to uh, we so we um, th- those people that haven't tuned in every week. Um, 
Scott is also, like us, a Leafs fan, and um, it would be great to jump on to talking about... So Leafs played uh, Vegas recently. Finn, what was the... Can you lead us into that? Uh, yes, yeah, so the Leafs played Vegas. I'm just going to look here. It was Thursday, so uh, so that would have been Friday morning for us. Uh, final score was 6-3 Toronto. Um uh and the oh, i'll just look at the shots here so for once the leafs uh led in the shots with 40, uh, 43 shots on goal to vegas's 33 and actually won the game so yeah that's awesome uh and so um stand standout players there um let's look here so matthew's got two and we'll uh talk about how how that's special uh probably in a couple minutes yeah uh, Mitchie's back on the board, uh, looking here with uh, a goal and uh, and an assist. Uh, yeah, just one assist. And uh, Janssen again scoring. So yeah, that was a great game, Scott. Well, you will hand. We know that you've uh, were following that game uh, too. You may not. You may like us. You might not have seen it, but um, I hope uh, you know might have caught the, the highlights or something. But it was a special night for Austin Matthews. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, uh, he notched a couple of goals. He got his 100th and 101st goal. And, I mean, what a way to do it. An absolute standout, a star, and um, hopefully a star for many years to come. And, um, you know, he's, he's a very model professional sort of player in terms of he's never too flamboyant with his celebrations. He's very professional and diligent. And um, for such a, a young guy to have already amassed uh, 100 goals and his 101st goal, um, and what a way to do it as well. There are a couple of great goals. I mean, he's got such a quick release and um, the 100th goal, it was a, the quick release shot, five hole through Flory. I mean, what a what a story to tell your grandkids eventually. It's like, you know, my 100th goal, I scored a Marc-Andre Flory in Vegas, five yeah. hole. And um, yeah, it was a, a great goal and um, a good spectacle, really. And a 6-3 win in Vegas. Vegas, you know, they're having a bit of a, an up and down season, I guess. Um, last year, for me, they probably overperformed. I mean, with the, you know, no one had any expectations of them doing as well as they did do. And, you know, particularly with some of the players who they had, I guess if you look at it in terms of the, the draft, um, it's basically players who were deemed surplus to requirements, essentially, by other teams. That's right. And, um, and so for them to have done so well with the squad that they had, obviously they had stars who stood out in terms of uh, William Carlson, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Jonathan Marchi. So, you know, they had a great team in, in that sense. And um, But, yeah, for, for the expectations on them and, and for them to do so well. But this season, it's, it's not quite going the same way. They've been a little bit inconsistent and they've not quite had the scoring out of the players who, who performed so well last year. But nonetheless, a great win for the Leafs and uh, another high-scoring game for us. And um, we've got that offense going on all cylinders at the minute. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, just coming back to the Matthews thing really briefly, I mean, you know, um, he's still, uh, I've still got my eye on him for captaincy. Um, you know, how many more ticks can the guy put in the captaincy box? You know, 100, 100 and 101 goals, such a class player. As you say, he's just got that unbelievable quick quick release shot. In fact, after that game, I saw loads of stuff on social media about people um, interviewing him about, you know, his shot. And he was being very gracious, um, especially for kids that were getting into the sport and whatnot, saying, you know, basically pick your shot and make that your shot, you know. And, and so he's got this unique ability. 
I I actually saw a, a video on on this whole thing. Uh, it was it's actually a while back, but um, uh, they they interviewed Matthews, and then one of the reporters of TSN said, uh, w- "Would you mind coming and shooting a video on how how you shoot for uh, for kids to watch?" So they broadcasted it uh, around the time uh, kids would watch TV, which probably around four, probably four for like kids kids that are getting into hockey, so yeah, young yeah. kids. Supper time so, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they broadcast it around then, and um, yeah, Matthews was all, all, all modest and just saying, "Oh, I, ju- I just uh, practice it and practice it and practice it," and then he showed the 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 quickest way to release it, which is the his like patented shot kind of thing, which is the curl and drag. Yeah. So just a quick a quick little toe drag and then just flick it as hard, literally shoot as hard as you can. For sure. It, it, do you know one of the other things about Austin Matthews that I really like? Uh, is that he just sort of strikes you like a like an everyday guy, and that it's almost like he when you when you hear him on a uh, on an interview or whatever, it, it's almost like he's saying to you like you know I can't believe this is happening to me like l- this is totally awesome but you know I'm just a guy and look at look at this amazing thing, so you know great player and everything else, great uh, result for Leafs and um there was one other thing that i wanted to bring up off the back of that while we had cliffy on the air who was in um finn who was in goal in that game do you know uh for the leafs it was uh freddie anderson and for the knights it was mark andre Fleury. so i was thinking about freddie anderson and um for us uh here in in the uk uh freddie anderson would be referred to as a ginger (laughs) 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 which uh which is a I think that's more of a northern or Scottish pronunciation of ginger, uh, which means redhead, right? And so I was thinking, Freddie is a redhead. I wonder how many other redheads that come to mind around the NHL. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there to both you guys. Can either one of you think of another uh, redhead playing in the NHL? Ooh, uh, good question. I mean, even though they're not playing in the NHL right now, the most famous ones for me who spring to mind are the uh, Sedin twins. Yes. And um, yeah, you know, they're striking red hair. And I remember you saw the um, the video footage of them when they were drafted and they were sent next to each other in the stands. And, you know, they just and and obviously the identical aspect of it just made it even more sort of um, funny. For I guess. sure. And, um, yeah, those those guys, and 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 there's a few around the league, really. I mean, Scott Hartnell, he's recently retired. I believe he was ginger, wasn't he? Yep. Um, you know, he had the ginger long flow going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Claude Giroux as well. Yeah, um, yeah, flyers. Yeah. Um, there's a few, I think. There's a few. Even hang on, even James Reimer. Yes. James Reimer, ginger. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, the Leafs. so we there was no overlap with Anderson and Reimer, was there? No, uh, on Leafs. No, no, no. no, no we no. would have ha- we would have actually had two. <laughs> ginger-haired goalies at the same time if we'd had them wow. uh but uh finn think i thought of anybody yet patrick kane patrick kane yeah 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 patrick kane's a, good one. A, a ginger now uh also your man mate uh finn your your man uh who's your favorite player in the world right now mitch Marner. no my favorite player yeah yeah you're desperate to get him on the leafs oh dougie hamilton dougie hamilton also a ginger <laughs> Also a ginger. Uh, I'm just. I'm, I can hear. Uh, yeah, go on. Connor Brown is Connor Brown ginger. I 
think he kind of is. You might have you might have inadvertently roped him in here, and he might just be like <laughs> sa- sandy blonde or something. Uh, Stro- uh, strawberry blonde. <laughs> that's it. Oh, I'm actually going to throw now. out a big disclaimer here. There's literally nothing wrong <laughs> with being ginger. I was just thinking <laughs> it was such a, uni- uh, such a uni- you just don't see him any, and, and still you have to start thinking about it. But here's some others: uh, Paul Martin, uh, yeah. Cody McLeod, Corey Schneider. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Connor Brown. Look. Oh, you're right. Okay, I'm looking at a picture of Connor Brown from uh, from uh, NHL, and he is ginger. He's not on my list though. Eric Stahl. Um, who else we got here? Uh, oh yeah, there's Reimer that you mentioned. Um, oh, there's a there's a few here. Uh, Matt Calvert. Oh yeah. Uh, there's Giroux. There's there's more guys than you think about, but definitely they're in the minority. So uh, big up. I think. I think one of the funniest ones is um, we we played him the other night for Vegas. Cody Aiken, mm. he uh, he's got a big ginger flow going on. He reminds me of Sherman from American Pie, as well. How he looks <laughs> yeah, as well. He's got the yeah, young totally. young baby face. He does. He's got a young baby face, and um, yeah. When I when I when I saw him, I was like, "Hang on, that's Sherman." <laughs> and, uh, you know, just for me personally to get a disclaimer in there as well. Yep, I've got nothing against the uh, ginger haired people. So, uh, <laughs> no, me either. Before anyone comes and uh, chirps me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. No, me either. And in fact, if I was if I was ginger haired, I, I can tell you right now, I would have a huge beard and uh, and a lot, man. I'd be uh, you know straight out there. Go ginger power. Uh, Absolutely. But anyway, that's a fantastic and fun note to uh, to leave it on, Scott. We'll let you go for now. And um, it, as always, it's great to have you on the show, and we hope you can come back on next week. It's always great to uh, check in with the Elite League and uh, and check in with you as a Leafs fan as well. So thanks so much for coming on. No, you're welcome, and uh, my pleasure as always, guys. So uh, thank you, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Awesome, Scott. Speak to you again soon. Yeah, will do. Take care, guys. Okay, Bye. cheers. Bye. Another great uh, episode there of uh, Cliffy's Notes in our podcast. Great to have him on. Uh, and it's great for him to, uh, to come on and uh, talk about the, especially the Elite League, because I know that is literally his specialty. He yeah. is uh, so good to have on to inform us all about that. Yep, fantastic. Scott Antcliffe. And uh, if you're listening, and uh, if you don't already know Scott, he is just a totally knowledgeable guy, totally great guy. Uh, he does a Periscope um, as well. Usually does it, I think, after Steelers game. Um, so if you check out Twitter or Periscope, you'll find him on there. He's on Twitter too. Uh, and, uh, you know, lots of great stuff there. So anyway, we're lucky to have him on and, uh, we look forward to having him on every week. So, um, great to have Cliffy. Uh, what have we got left to talk about? We've got, we want to talk about grapes and, uh, we still got to talk about the Yotes game. Yeah. I mean, which one of those things do you want to tackle first? Let's get the Yotes out of the way, you know. Uh, try, try and end uh, on a on a higher note with uh, grapes. <laughs> I don't um, know if we'll be able to drag that up to the heights, but okay. Uh, so um, we play at least played uh, the uh, Coyotes, and um, was this before or after the Vegas game? It was, was after. It was after the Vegas game. Right. It was on Saturday night. Yep. Okay. And uh, so off the back of an excellent Vegas victory, uh, we go into the Coyotes game, and uh, I think. We were all pretty much expecting a win there. No, I I called it. I we were dri- we were driving. We were going away for a couple of days. Oh yeah, yeah. And I called it on the drive. I looked at it and I turned to you and I said, "I'm calling this now." We played so well against teams like Tampa Bay, against yeah. Vegas, against um, Colorado. Yeah. And then we're gonna get flipping hammered by hammered by, by uh, like Arizona. Yeah, I do remember you saying that for sure. 
And so the final score, uh, just to put everybody out of their misery, it was... 2-0 Arizona. 2-0 Arizona, which is crazy. Right. So uh, without dissecting this too far, um, one of the... So there were no Leafs goals, for, first of all. So we were totally shut out. So there's no t- nothing to talk about there. Well, did you, I'll, I'll just brief over the Arizona goals quick. Right. I won't, I won't right. do anything about assists. So first first period uh, was goalless, uh, no goals. Uh, second period, one uh, nil Arizona, three nineteen into the second. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk, and um, uh, also in the second period, uh, five fifty nine into the second, two making it two nil, Archer Archibald. Right. Okay. Uh, and then third period so was goalless. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So t- um, Yotes win two nil, and uh, they scored both their goals in the second period. And so I started thinking about this. Um, again, we were on a road trip and we were on our way back. And uh, I started thinking, hmm. So we were shut out, which is which doesn't happen that often. Uh, and then there was a scoreless period. Doesn't happen that often. Two scoreless periods in one game. Doesn't happen that often. And uh, the only goals that were scored in that game were scored in the second period, meaning that this, um, the, the goal-scoring period... The singular goal scoring period was sandwiched between two goalless periods. Yeah. Can't have happened that often, right? So we looked this up. What do you got? So first of all, we'll talk about the last time the Leafs were shut out. And this was oh, yeah. uh, against Nashville on the 7th of January. So this year, this year, that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. So we were shut out and uh, we were shut out. And who was, oh, who was in goal? Clutchinson. Right. So that was a Clutchinson game. So he played, did he play two in the two on the trot then? And he had... He played a great game, and then that not-so-great game. Uh, yeah. But then again, it was Nashville. I'm pretty sure last uh, final score was 4-0. Oh. Um, okay. So that yeah. so that was the last time we were shut out completely. So we had yep. Michael Hutch- Hutchinson, our backup backup in goal. Uh, and so that was back in January. And then I looked this up um, to have some, something really cool to talk about, because this is kind of a cool, cool stat kind of thing. Yeah, I, know, sure. I know it's against the Leafs. I wouldn't have been surprised if it never happened before. Yeah, so... I went through and looked this up, and the last time this exact same thing happened, the first and third was scoreless, and the second period um, were, were, were the goal scored. Ironically, also a 2-0 loss. So the exact same scenario. No goal scored by anybody in the first period. Two goals scored against us in the second period. And then goalless third. And then goalless third. Right. Yep. And this was against the Tampa Bay Lightning on the 2nd of January 2018. Wow. So pretty also pretty much... A year. Yeah, it's it's been Well that's a full year, right? Yeah. So the other year. the other thing, the last time we were shut out was just in January of this year. Uh yeah. Yeah. Whereas the last time so this exact scenario happened to us before against Tampa Bay in January though, twenty eighteen. So yeah. over, over a year ago. Just over a year ago. I yeah. can't believe it ever happened at all, let alone that recently. Because it's yeah. just so weird. It's such a weird thing. Wow. Okay. Well well done uh, finding those stats out. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, here's hoping it doesn't happen again, ever. Yeah, uh, uh, or if the Leafs do it, I would prefer that. There's, there's just so many things that we could talk about that are depressing about that scoreline. Um, you know, because we uh, we started out earlier talking about trades and and uh, you know salary cap issues and things like that, and we have a just a shed load of amazing players and all that money on the ice, and nobody could score a single goal against the coyotes the last thing that will make oh sorry the last thing that would make this thing 
really, really depressing for us is that we have four power play opportunities to score with our immense power play of Matthews, Tavares, Mana, <sighs> Kadri, and Riley. It's just depressing. I don't want to think about it anymore. Let's stop talking about this game. Okay, right. Do you want to move on to our last thing, which is the whole grapes Yeah, thing? let's talk about that. So, do you want to set it up? Okay. Do you want me to set it up? Um, do, I, do you I remember will what happened? I do. So okay, go on. I will brief over this quickly, and then we can go to you. Can take it. Uh, I don't know how deep we want to go into it, but you t- tell tell us what happened. So basically, on Hockey Night in Canada recently, Don Cherry said in Coach's Corner. In Coach's Corner, sorry, uh, Don Cherry said that the this was uh, the Hurricanes skull clap and uh, silly thing that they do at, pr- at the end of every well, they win on the home game. All sorts of stupid uh, sallies going on. That's their thing. Is that they come up with ridiculous goal celebrations or, or or game celebrations sorry yeah so whenever they win a home game they do one of these weird celebration things um and don, uh, don cherry said that he thought they were just a bunch of jerks yeah that was the quote what a bunch of jerks that's what he said yeah pretty con- pretty condescending yeah yeah um, they basically dissed a, an entire team in one one sentence yeah and especially on live tv like that where a lot of Lots of kids will be watching as well. And the kids that yeah. were... The, 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 I'm pretty sure one of the reasons they do this is for the fans and especially the yeah, kids. Yeah, of course it is. And so people will be sitting on either side of the fence on this issue because people will totally hate it, right? Um, I doubt many of their fans hate it. They probably all love it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So when, you, when you watch them do it, if, if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, look it up on YouTube and you'll find it easily. Um, and you look at it and you think, oh, that's kind of funny. It's a team thing. Yeah, so so one of the one of the best things I've seen on social media about this whole thing, on like one of those like hockey pages, um, one one of the best things that I've seen is all the young people on all the fans of the team will love it. Mm. Even even kids that hate the Hurricanes would love this kind of funny thing at the end, right? Yeah, it's basically something that all kids would want to do on their hockey team, yeah, right? For sure. So yeah, like like point. kids would love to go and like pretend bowl at the end of a hockey game. Yeah, in their in their right. league. Do you remember that curling one with the glove? Oh yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. That was during the Olympics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody—I can't remember who it is—but um, somebody they, they figured out the school celebration because the curling was—it's probably the Americans or Canadians or someone was doing well in the curling in the Olympics. They came up with this celebration where one of them like threw his glove along the ice like a curling rock, and the other one was sweeping with his stick. Yeah, I mean that's funny, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- this th- this whole this whole thing is literally. It is a great, in a way, it's a great tactic to keep kids interested, keep the fans interested. And for for any fans that just watch kind of like Sportsnet or something, just like kind of a roundup, like, you know, Sportsnet or TSN would do a roundup of all sports through yep. the week. Yeah, if you're be a, on. If you're a hockey fan and this is th- this comes on, you're, uh, no, no, sorry, if you're not, if you're a hockey fan, if you're a sports fan, yeah. you're just watching, say you're into baseball or something, and this this comes on, you think, oh, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'm going to tune in some more Carolina games. So in that way, it's a great marketing thing for that team. Um, but another great point that was brought up by the Steve Dangle podcast, shout out to those guys. Yeah, love your, love them, Steve and uh, Jesse and Adam. Yeah, great point. Adam, Adam's uh, baby's going to be a girl, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> um, Adam and Candace. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, great thing brought up on their podcast, their recent one, um, was that the the people that are going to be are going to be complaining the most are going to be the older guys like uh probably like 
fifty plus probably, and that they're 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 gonna if they're uh, fans of old time hockey, if they're fans of um like like the whole uh, the ho- they love fighting in the game, and they love the aggression, and they just love the whole scoring bit. Yeah. Um, they're gonna think this kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, they might think it's a bit lame. Exactly. With like um with with all the other things that happen. It, it it's gonna kind of they're, they're thinking oh this is this is this is a painted as a, a kind of an aggressive game a fast paced game uh, they think it's the best sport on earth yeah what's and this it's, it's this all about silly. scoring and yeah they's like oh this kind of screws the whole the whole yeah, point yeah. of this game but so just getting back to Don Cherry and let's finish because this is you know we've already probably given it too much time but yeah what Don Cherry is doing in my opinion he's con- he's conflating two issues that he has in his mind so do you remember him talking about how the hockey gods are going to come back to bite us yeah and, and that was to do with the fact that we were um being arrogant the canadians in the in the world juniors were being arrogant and uh, over the top over scoring on a team that they were completely destroying and and then over celebrating goals and being arrogant and that is something totally different right so uh, these guys, are, when they do their team sally at the end of a game, a home game, they're not being arrogant. They're just bonding with their fans. It's a totally different thing. But I think somehow in, in his mind, Don Cherry has sort of hooked these two things together as if they're the same thing. Uh, it, they're not. It's fun. It's funny. Yeah, and um, the, 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 this is probably going to be one of the, the last thing probably on this topic is that I also saw a clip which was Ron McLean literally going li- li- literally on this topic saying saying to Grapes, he said. Uh, well, I I actually, I actually think that this is kind of cool idea to bond with the fans and bond with new new hockey people, just sports people in general and the kids and get everyone interested, and keep people wanting to b- uh, buy tickets. So, like a a team like Car- Carolina, uh, at the end of, at the end of the last season they weren't doing so well, um, in the whole thing. And wh- when you're not doing well, uh, us being Leafs fans know this uh, especially when you're not when you're really not doing well, harder to sell tickets. Harder to sell out the arena, so it means you make less money. And um, if you're a team like uh, Carolina, you're not doing very well, but you're kind of on the up. But most of your uh, most of your fans are the only the hardcore fans that are left. All the others have probably gone off to support a team like Winnipeg or Tampa Bay or something. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, like <coughs> the the hockey fans that just kind of Thic- fickle fans. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you've kind of lost a, a, a few people so from your, so uh, d- your fan base. They're it's doing it to try and engage with their fans, and that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, increase ticket sales. I know that I, I know I saw a thing that literally since the start of the season, since they started doing this whole celebration thing, uh, that they're like their ticket sales have like boosted by like twenty percent or something. Wow, that's great. So mission accomplished. It's working. Yeah, as I said, it's a great marketing yeah, tactic. I, think I I really like Don Cherry, and I know that you do too. And but I think he, you know, he's got it wrong on this issue. Anyway, let's get out of here. Okay. So a couple of quick shout outs at the end of the show. We like to, um, you know, name drop a bit for um, some of our friends. Um, you know, we, we've, we have been lucky enough to connect with some big hockey folks internationally and some smaller um, outfits as well. So, um, you know, uh, the true people at True Hockey have been tremendous to the UH- UK hockey fam. Uh, and giving us loads and loads of stuff, um, which is great. And if you look at us on YouTube or on Instagram or whatever, you'll always see true stuff. The the awesome people at Sherwood Hockey, the same. Um, lots of, of great stuff. But we do like to dwell um, every week on, on a couple um, UK people, UK suppliers as well. So, Finn, can you think of a couple 
that we can shout out to uh cross check clothing yeah they're awesome in rotherham up north uh fantastic gear uh always coming out with fresh new stuff uh puck stop oh yeah puck stop in sheffield uh great shop great people family run um uh operation there uh literally the whole family's in there i think the boys both uh play hockey still uh great place we love going there uh, get our skates worked on there um all star uh all star sports down here in swindon and wiltshire uh ian clark uh has a shop there and he does a pop-up shop around at rinks and things like that too great guy uh great shop those guys really know what they're doing in regards to uh skate sharpening and repairs and stuff and uh really knowledgeable in there too uh then we've got uh the likes of a couple canadian companies like uh sports green we're huge fans of the sports green uh we talk about it every time you were out taking shots earlier uh it's just such a great tool uh the blades yeah bionic skate blades uh i love those blades um they really they really uh help me with my game and they uh they, they've keep their they've, st- they've still got their edge i still haven't shot from them since the start of the season yeah and, and they're still going strong you're on a streak for uh four four goals in three games yeah is that what is four it? goals in three games yeah oh well thank you bionic uh and um i think that's it is that it for now uh yeah i think all so all right let's stop this nonsense okay right see you uh see you i'll speak to you all soon um we'll try we're already p- pushing into midweek here we might not get another podcast out till the weekend uh but bear with us i've been a bit sick and and all that sort of thing so lots of great hockey this week and uh we'll drop another podcast soon uh take care and thanks for listening and thanks for your support yeah thanks guys and uh, make sure to hit us up on social media or uh, our email or our website Awesome. See you next time. See you next time, guys. And the best game you can name is the good old.